Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby, your empowerment coach at ValSelby.com, and I take a stand and it's time for you to take your turn in life. I have Kathleen Fair here, and I am super excited to talk to her about something that's near and dear to my heart, uh, just because I am in the emergency services community. And she's going to talk about issues with burnout and that's her business side, but she's also made some amazingly bold moves that I definitely want to hear how in the world they happened. Um, thank you for being here, Kathleen. Well, thank you for having me, Val. This is going to be fun. It is. Yeah, we're just going to have a chat. We don't know, um, for for some of you, if you're new to my, my podcast, sometimes I find people in... I, don't really want to write a whole ton of questions to ask them ahead of time. And this Kathleen's one of them. I, when I pulled up her story and she sent it to me, I took a look at it and I'm just like, I can't wait to see where this just leads on our own. <laughs> There's lots to it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like you probably scoped it down just a little bit when you were writing your little bio for me. You can just, I can just like read in between the lines going, whoa, there's going to be a lot of, lot of fun stuff going on in here. So <laughs> if you want to go ahead and just tell me just a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to dig into definitely what you threw into your life. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. So, um, I am a 50-something person, year-old woman who decided about well, nine years ago, eight and a half years ago, almost 10 years ago, um, yeah. that I was in a place in my career that just wasn't really going anywhere that I was enjoying. It wasn't bad, but it was, it was kind of eh. A uh, project I was working on was, was coming to an end. I'd left some management roles before that, and I was looking for the next opportunity. And I went on to um, one of those job websites. Uh, it was a day in June and just punched in. I was doing, I was, I'm a nurse and I was doing re uh, uh, management in the renal space. So things to do with kidneys and dialysis and cardiovascular. So I'd put in, I think, I think the search terms were dialysis manager in Ontario because that's where I was living in Southern Ontario. And, you know, a page came up and, and, in that page, there was a job for a, a renal manager um, for um, a developing program um, at a hospital in central Victoria, Australia. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not sure where Ontario fits into all this. The other two words I can see, but I, I looked, I scanned that ad, could not find it. I thought, okay, well, you know, it's one of those paid ads that have come up. For the next three or four days, the ad kept coming back. <laughs> Not letting you go. <laughs> so I thought, okay, there's something in this. Let's right. just have a bit of fun. And, yeah. and so I, I responded to it. And sure enough, I get, I get an email back saying, you know, could, could we chat? And so I did. Um, and the, uh, uh, we had an interview. I had a full thing, you know, in my pajamas, three people panel on the other side in uh, late June, early July, and I was offered the position of starting up this brand new renal service uh, in, in Australia. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what, what did I just do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and where do we go from here? Because at the time I was living I know, 45 minutes from my parents. I've got siblings in, in Canada. I do have a sister who has lived all over the world. She was living in Hong Kong at the time. Um, 
I was in a, a relationship, although we didn't live together. We'd been together for three years. And my kids were um, 11 and 15. And oh my gosh, that's a hard year to move too. <laughs> uh, okay, what, what do we do? So I, I talked to my kids and I said, what do you think about moving to Australia for a year? Do you think that might be something that's fun and we do, you know, the challenge? We, we do tend to take challenges and the, the kinds of things that we do are experiences more than stuff. But I also had a small farm. I had a nine and a half acre um, little farm that I had that we loved. And um, like I said, I was in a partnership. So it, it, to make it a little bit shorter, um, kids said, yep, I applied. It was quite a long process, uh, primarily for my nursing registration. Um, yeah. Finally got my visa and moved. In fact, two days ago was our ninth anniversary of arriving. Wow. So needless to say, the, the man that I was with at the time, he came back and forth for a couple of years, but I think that was, the writing was on the wall there. So we parted ways. Mm -hmm. And and for that year that we were going to come to see what it was like, we've, like I said, we're still here. That is so amazing. Let's see, I knew that there was some some writing in between those lines of the fact that this wasn't even something that you were looking for. No, it wasn't. And, you know, since after that, I sold my farm a few months after we got here. And we literally arrived with two suitcases each. <laughs> now we've got a little bit more than that now. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You're back up to full status now. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I got put a lot of stuff into storage. And since then, we've, we've got rid of most of it. We've just got a few boxes of mementos still back in Canada. But essentially, our, our life has kind of just pretty much moved here. And my kids are – actually, my kids are – in Canada right now visiting family uh -huh. <laughs> but they're in their 20s now so and, the, and have they stayed there with you as yep. well for yep. now so I've got one in university and one working and they're deciding whether they want to go back I think we probably we've got citizenship in both countries now so mm. they've got choices we've all got choices mm, sometimes choices are hard aren't they, they, they that is right <laughs> <laughs> really like hard. ah can stay here we can go there <laughs> so hard especially at that age goodness yeah that is amazing so are you um still at that same area or did you branch out for so i still in the same town um and uh the the role that i came into i stayed in for almost six years and we did some amazing stuff we it built a whole regional referral center for, for Central Victoria, for renal, had a great team, had some really, really amazing people around me. It got to the point where, like many positions, you feel like you've given the best of yourself and it's time for somebody else to, to pick it up and put their own stamp on it. Mm -hmm. And I moved on to another um, ho a smaller hospital uh, in the region and took on the executive director of nursing role. And that role didn't didn't suit me nearly as well and in fact um, over the almost three years that I was there I ended up significantly burnt out mm -hmm. and that's where I am now I left that role um, several months ago almost a year ago and decided that uh, it's time to do something different again <laughs> right so in the last two positions you have recognized the fact that that was that that point for your career was was at an end that's not something that a lot of people will notice. Or I, I think a lot of people may notice it. I think a lot of people feel trapped.
because you get yourself into a position where you've got probably a good income, you know your colleagues, um, you may have been in a role for such a long time that you've lost some of the network outside of that role. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you know, to take another similar type of role might include uh, commuting. Um, certainly with us here, if I was going to look for a similar role, I'd probably have to go into into Melbourne, which is a couple of hours away. Mm. People can feel trapped by things that really aren't traps, but we paint ourselves into a corner so easily because we don't know any different. And the alternative is really kind of scary. Yeah, I, I talk about that in my what do I want workshop um, as as part of it, because I mean, there are there are people like you said, if you wanted to switch to some different jobs, you've got quite the commute yep. to make that happen. And I mean, that's that's pretty common a lot of different places. And um, with the online world now, there's just there's so many options for trying to improve your work situation. Absolutely. That uh but recognizing it is one of the first things. And you did that twice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's actually been more than twice, but those are the most recent ones. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to lean into you talking about the burnout, um, which of course, um, I know a ton of nurses. Um, my husband's a firefighter. So we're entrenched in the, the first responders and emergency responders uh, community. And burnout is huge. And it's not just in this community, but this, of course, is what you and I know best right now. Yes, um, absolutely. So how did you finally decide that you were burnt out and you needed to move on and, and take control of that situation? Well, see, this is the second time that I've gone through burnout. The first time was very situational. It was really around one um, manager who was a bully and she was, mm. it was a pretty horrible time. And that one was easy to identify. I d- in, in the um, World Health Organization has, as many people know, have, have actually put burnout as an organizational phenomenon into the, um, into the guidelines. And that first time, is, it, it certainly was burnout, but it was, it was something that was fairly easy to turn around by changing my work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it altered. This time was different. So this time was really around, very classic, I became really cynical about the role, I became really cynical about the people that, not all of the people, but certainly the people that I didn't feel were making choices and decisions that were um, helpful to the organization or to me, mm-hmm. and certainly not to my team. Um, and I was responsible for over 400 nurses and, and managers um, in allied health. So it was, it was a big, big group of people that I was responsible for. And I didn't feel I had the backup to look after them properly. Mm-hmm. And if I can't look after the staff properly, they're not going to look after the patients and residents properly because they're not going to have any more energy than I do. Right. It'll trickle right down. It, absolutely. Absolutely. So it started really around, you know, weight one thing um eating wasn't really changing but suddenly i was starting to put on weight which i've I've, yeah had a little bit of problem with over the years but not not to the extent that it was i was experiencing um i've always been one to go uh, for walks i'm I'm a big walker i I hike i live close to the bush here and so i'll I'll get out there for seven or ten k four or six miles Mm -hmm. um, most days and i was starting to lose that and I was starting to get coming home and just having nothing left for my family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it just started to escalate and I became really insular and, and the job became something that I've never experienced really absolutely needing everything in me to get in the car to drive to work. Mm-hmm. And that's where it got to. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And that's a strong word, but that's yeah. the point that I got to. Nope. And that is definitely something that I know a lot of, a lot of other women can understand. And as you were saying, all of that stuff, um, we've experienced that in our house. Um, exactly what you were talking about, the different changes and, and yeah, I had to do some, some, Hey, we got, we got to wake up and change this. (laughs) Something, something you've wanted this so much all of your life. We're not going to continue down this road of misery for sure. Cause we've been there before in a, in a previous, I I like to call it our previous life. (laughs) And and, and it's a, it's a trap. It really is because you get so caught up in, in, in the angst of of getting through your day that you've got nothing left to try to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 I, and I did that a couple of times. And when you're talking about the the burnout, I know the the first time I can remember it happening was uh, I, I was a personal trainer and I had just gotten to the point where, you know, the whole, the weight, the weight gain was happening. Like you were saying, I definitely was not living what I was talking for Mm. sure. So I would, I had just lost all of my passion for doing it. And I did have to walk away and go do other things. Um, and instead. people get to know that you're doing that. You, they, they see that in you and you don't, mm-hmm. that's not the person you want to show to the world. No, 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 definitely. I was not living as my best self for sure at that point, which, you know, yeah, I just, I just had to sit down and, and make changes. And it was hard after going to school for that long. I mean, I just left that career on, yeah. uh, totally left it. <laughs> like It's not working for me. We're out. So how are you going forward now and helping others in this area with the the burnout? And so one of the things I did when I started to recognize just how badly I was burnt out um, and I I tried to make myself a bit of a plan and it, it, I did, it took probably 15 months or so. Um, Maybe not that long, 12 months where I was like, I've got to do something different. So my, my general go-to is, okay, let's take a course because that will help me. I'll do some some self-development, some Mm -hmm. learning. And, you know, I've, um, I did my nursing a million years ago um, uh, as a diploma, which is what the standard was to get into the profession in Canada back when I did it. Um, then, you know, several years later, they changed the, the goalposts and they said, well, you need a, an undergrad now. Um, those of you who did the diploma were grandfathering you, but don't think you're going to actually get anywhere. Right. <laughs> you can't go ahead and do the, the undergrad. So right. I was already married and, and separated at that point. So I did all of that at night school, commuting, working full time. Yeah. It took me 10 years to do it, but I did it. <laughs> then we came here and I did my MBA full time while I was working full time in a country that, you know, I had no backup. So right. I'm, I'm used to taking on way too much, <laughs> <laughs> which probably doesn't help the whole burnout thing. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah. I, I started to, to think, okay, well, what, what, what would I like to do? What will help me? So I looked at, at coaching courses. I thought that could really put a, a, another um, kind of 
fit into what I do might help me refocus what I'm doing with my staff. Mm -hmm. So I took a, um, an executive coaching course and I also signed up, you know, because I don't do anything in small bits yeah. for a women's leadership, uh, which was a year long commitment as well. So, and I didn't get any, any help from my employers, of course, I did, to be honest, I didn't even ask because I knew it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, so I did this on my own um, and the leadership, the executive coaching course, I really enjoyed. Uh, I thought, oh, I can see where this could really help my, my practice and help. As the burnout got worse, I thought, you know what? I really like the coaching. Maybe I should, I should lean into that more. Mm -hmm. Because nursing, there's coaching. Certainly, I did a lot of teaching in my career. I've, I've done lots of different things. I've been very fortunate in my nursing career. Um, so I did the second level. And I thought, okay, this is where I'm going. <laughs> And so that's, that's where I started to put my energy. I ended up giving my resignation um, early last year. I gave four months notice so that, because you know, that whole guilt thing, I don't want to leave them stranded short. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Um, yeah. It didn't work out quite as well as I'd liked, but you mm -hmm. know what? It, it, it was okay. And I put my energy into building this new, this new coaching career. And nice. that's what I've been doing. And now I've got, and at the final stage, I did need to take some time off to heal because I was in, in a pretty bad, bad place. And I'm mm -hmm. still not completely okay yet, but mm -hmm. certainly huge steps better. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just at the point um, when, when this is heard by, by your listeners, I will have finally launched my, my executive and leadership coaching business and pull out all the stops. That's awesome. That's so exciting. A new launch. So I am noticing something when you're talking that you have been throughout your history okay with ending something and starting something new. Now, I'm, I'm not saying okay with like it not doesn't easy. cause you angst, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that you don't, you, as you talk about it now, you're not dwelling on the fact, well, this is what I've always been, so I have to stick to this forever and ever. Amen. Exactly. And for me, that was something I had to work on getting over. It's, it's not easy. It really isn't easy. I think part of, I don't know, because I, I grew up on a farm. I, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. You know, it was a working farm. Never had very much money. Didn't take holidays as kids. Mm -hmm. um, so change was not something we did necessarily. Mm -mm. But you had to kind of roll with whatever came up. Um, I'm not sure what part of that led me to that, or maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I've yeah. certainly been able to say, yeah, okay, let's try something new. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And, um, a little bit similar background, you know, cause I had, my parents did the same jobs as far as I could remember during that time period. And, and we had a mini farm. So I always, I always joke, not joke with people because when they think that, Oh, I want a pony. I'm like, you know, you don't want a pony because guess what? You don't get to go anywhere ever right. again because somebody has to take care of that pony. <laughs> I loved my horses, but <laughs> there was no freedom, <laughs> no freedom. And that was the easy go-to. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money anyways, but it was the easy go-to for my parents. Nope. Can't go. You got animals. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> so I wonder if, if that plays a role into, and, and it and obviously doesn't, because you had that similar up, upbringing. I think it probably 
people will, will be, will tend to go one way or the other. Right. Either that becomes their safe place and that's where they're going to stay because that works or it's going to be, what else can we do? Because you know what, we've done that. Let's see what else there is. And it's yeah. interesting because I've, I've got three siblings. I've got two brothers and a sister. My sister's lived all over the world. She's done different things. I've lived in different places um, where my brothers have, are still within hundred miles of my parents' place. Mm -hmm. One's in the army, the other one's uh, a construction mm -hmm. uh, builder. Right. So, yeah. who knows? you know, same family and we've taken, we've all taken different approaches. Yeah. It's always, it's always interesting, especially when you know that they did your siblings and you really did grow up almost exactly the same, how different you can be. So it's not necessarily environment related for sure. Yeah. So for, for burnout, um, I know that you're just launching your website. So that is super awesome. Do you have a couple of, of tips that you can offer for, for recognizing it and maybe first steps for moving? I think the, the key for people who um, think that they might be burning out is you really need to take some time and, and evaluate it. Going on a retreat, going away for a weekend, you know, mindfulness, and I, and I, I use mindfulness in my practice, so I'm not, I'm not dissing it, but looking mm -hmm. at those things as a fix, if they're not working, this is a bigger issue. Yeah. If you come back after a weekend, a long weekend, or a week away at holidays, and you're still feeling the same way, you need to look at that seriously because burnout will not fix itself in a week. Right. Um, if you're really feeling that it, you owe it to yourself, your family, your friends, and the people that you work for to really understand what it is that's driving this, because it's not going to get better unless you do something about it. Mm -hmm. um, I got to the point where I, there was no, no alternative but to leave because I'd gone beyond the, the point of, of um, the role working for me and, mm -hmm. and the organization working for me because nothing else was going to change. Mm -hmm. I had to change. Um, so key point uh, right there. Very key point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got to see your, your place in all of this. Um, so if you get to, to the point where things aren't changing, even though you're doing the things that you think are the right things, you know, taking a break, doing the, you know, getting up earlier in the morning and, and meditating or whatever, and you're still coming back with that cynicism, with the feeling of, feeling of exhaustion, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. reach out. And generally, you, most of the time when you've got to that point, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Talk to your doctor, get a coach, get um, whatever it is that, that, that resonates with you, but just do something. Mm -hmm. I think another thing to remember for for everybody out there is that this can happen to any of us. And just because, you know, you've got the background, you know, I've got, I've got the background, I'm a coach and... I have a coach for this reason because it hits me as well. You and I were just talking about, I just hit my coach up <laughs> before we got on here and had to have a chat with her. Yeah. <laughs> and I can feel that bubble. Coaches, yeah. And they, they fill very different voids mm -hmm. or spaces. Exactly. And a lot of the time, um, and I was talking uh, to uh Tracy Bissett, she's financial in financial world. And we were talking about it on another podcast and the fact that uh, sometimes when you want to talk about things, it's so difficult to talk to people that might be closer to you. So even a counselor 
if you go to them might be a little bit more difficult. And that's where somebody online can, can really bridge that gap for you because you're not going to run into them at the grocery store. Like we had talked about, you know, there's no chance of running into them. So you, a lot of people will feel more open to sharing. It's true. A it's, lot it's more. That, that detachment, that, that kind of, you're in the ether. I can, it's almost like you're not real. I can talk to, I can pour everything out mm -hmm. and, and still be safe because that, that's, that's probably a really key word is feeling safe. Um, people who get to the point of, of overwhelm, whether they're, they're tipping into burnout or not, because it is a bit of, it's quite a continuum. They feel trapped. I felt trapped. People, that's, that's a common thing. They feel trapped. I can't do anything about it because, yep. you know, I've got a mortgage, I've got kids, I've, you know, I, I live in this place and the next job is going to be too far away. There's always a reason. Mm -hmm. And I hesitate to call it an excuse because they're, they're real. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's seeing beyond the boundaries of the life that you're, that you've created for yourself because there's always alternatives. We just don't mm -hmm. see them when we're in a place that's, that we're not, we're not in a good place. Yeah. When we're that overwhelmed, we're just drowning in it all. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So to have that safety in, in, you know, an online presence to say, you know, I, I just, I need, I need to get out of my own head. But like you say, I don't want to see you in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've, it's it's funny because I've ran into that uh, now and not because I'm going to run into them, them in the grocery store, but because I'm doing more traveling that mm. these these people that were my and they're still my safe people, but they were my safe people. I was I was never going to actually see face to face. I'm actually seeing quite a few of them face to face now. So it's brought a new dynamic into that. Mm. <laughs> It's not a bad dynamic. It's just very different than what it was for so long. And I don't know. I just, it's a constant change. We just all have to go through a constant change. So I am super excited for you to launch this website, uh, especially because I do know so many nurses. Burnout's huge for everybody. And especially by the time we're hitting middle age, there's a lot of, a lot of women in careers that were done. <laughs> Just, oh, we're over it. I use that word so many times. <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> and I like it when um, my last job job that I was getting a paycheck at, I was to all of that that you were talking about. And it was all of a sudden at the end of the day, and it was a work from home job. So I was at, at my job all the time. And I found myself at the end of every day complaining to my husband and all of a sudden I'm just like, I don't even like myself. Do I, I don't. And it was at that point when I, I decided, no, I'm done. And I went and wrote my resignation. And it, I had something similar. I, I, um, um, when I finally gave my resignation and I, I, the day I did it, I hadn't planned on it. I, had had a resignation letter sitting on my computer for months because I was just that's kind of where I was, my head was. I knew it was going to come sooner or later, but I kept giving it another shot. And finally I got to the point, my, my boss, who was the CEO said, God, I don't even remember what it was that came up, but I thought, you know what? I got nothing. I've got nothing left. Mm -hmm. I can't give you what you need. And I don't agree with the choices you're making. It's time for somebody else. Yeah. So I resigned and I got home and my partner was waiting here, you know, at the end of the day, how's your day, whatever. So he gave me the rundown on his and he said, Oh, how'd your day go? And I said, um, um, 
I, I resigned. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me and he said, does that mean I get my partner back? Oh, yeah. And it was like, I'm, I'm even now I'm still getting goosebumps about yeah. it. And it's just like, oh boy, did I ever make the right choice? I just waited way too long to make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause we got to make it when it's right for us. And exactly. um, yeah, I mean, my, my husband was so okay with me. <laughs> quitting that job because I was I was not a happy person that's for sure and it sure was not helping me work through any of the other issues I had going on in the, you know in that time because I mean we had a death in the family kids were leaving the nest it was an ugly time for me to be at an ugly job yeah, that's and that's really important it this is the job this is our I hesitate to say eight hours out of the day because it never is mm -hmm. um it's, it's a big portion of our day and we've still got our own lives. We've still got our families. We've still got the things that we hopefully are still connecting with, whether it's friends or gym or, or, you know, faith or whatever. Hopefully there's other things still going on in your world. Mm -hmm. um, and when we, we step away from, from the things that are bringing us down, we have to, to relearn all of those other relationships because they've changed. They've mm -hmm. changed because of us yep. and we don't even know that they've changed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, My I, kids were, were 19 and 23 when, when I resigned, 19 and 24 when I resigned and um, uh, they were just so thrilled for me because, you know, it, I've been a single mom their whole lives. Mm -hmm. It certainly is the life of my younger one. And, um, you know, they've, they've said to me so much over time, I've always worked so hard because I've, I've put everything into making sure that they've got every opportunity. And that's, that's the plight of single parents often. Mm -hmm. anyway. We try to be the best of both, you know, their, um, their father didn't, didn't contribute. So it was mm -hmm. really a one man show, right. so to speak. Yep. <laughs> um, so everyone, everyone was worried about me mm -hmm. and they were just so thrilled when I finally took that step. Awesome. That's so awesome. So before we wrap this up, I already had told you, I like to let, ask every one of my interview interviewees, um, what is your damn it? Um, and for anybody that's just listening for the first time, uh, damn it's are those things that make you uniquely you. So they're the things about your personality that if you try to change them, it just makes you feel miserable because it's just changing who you are. Um, and I know I kind of threw this at you a little bit, so I'm not sure if you have one. If you don't have one, then we can totally work through and figure it out. <laughs> but is there anything that comes to mind that's just something that's just uniquely you? You know what? It's not uniquely me, but I, there's going to be other people that have something similar, but it's something that keeps coming back. Um, one of the, thing, the stories my mother loves to tell is when I was very young before I was really speaking. Um, she said the first string of words, so, you know, pseudo sentence mm -hmm. that I came up with was I do self. Really? And so, you know, what? don't help me. I'll do it. I can figure it out. Leave me yeah. alone. You know, I'll come to you. You never do. You never ask for help, right? Nope. I do self. And that's probably stuck with me and probably hurt me as much as helped me <laughs> over the years. Um, I, I, I'm stubborn as anything. <laughs> Lord, I'm stubborn. Um, I like to, I, I prefer to call it tenacious. Yeah. <laughs> I like that word better. <laughs> right. 
but yeah, if I were to sit back and, and say, okay, yeah, you do it. I'll sit back and, and let, let you do that. That I struggle with that. Ah. I really, really struggle with that. I've got to be in there. I've got to help. I really have a hard time with, with being done for, cause I like to do for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but the stubbornness is what has also helped you in environments. Oh yeah. Where, so, where nobody's making that fight for others. Yeah. And you're, and, you're and, having to put that fight in for them. Absolutely. And, and I take that really seriously. I think that the staff in, in, when I look at my, my career, the staff that I'm representing and looking after, they look to me to help them. Mm-hmm. And if I can't help them, then I'm not helping anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's gone through my life. You know, I, I the, um, the divorce that I went through was really quite nasty. I went through some domestic violence at the time. So I was dealing with that. And I've, mm. you know, I have a single parent and moving with six suitcases, all sorts yeah. of different things. I look back at that and think, you know, that was cool. I did that. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't stubborn, you wouldn't have been able to do all of those giant changes that you've yeah. not yeah. been afraid so, to make. I do self. Yeah, you do self. So I want to leave, um, this is just the coach in me. <laughs> I want to leave you with, um, with, asking you to look at the word ask. Most of us women, of course, are similar to what you just said. We don't like to ask for help. Um, I, a couple of years ago, I started doing, choosing my word of the year and I actually was choosing it specifically and it was working versus the years past. I I did a podcast about it, but years past I'd been choosing this word and it was not even a a word. It was ridiculous. Um, I laugh at myself, but (laughs) last year my word was ask and I leaned into asking for help, which was so hard for me asking for things, Um, you know, not as handouts, but anytime I asked it, it, it helped me because I, I always had this power that if I asked, it was a weakness and I don't know where I got it from, but asking was a sign of weakness and I'm a strong woman. I can do it myself. Um, and when I really leaned into that word last year, it opened up so many doors for me. It was crazy. <laughs> and, crazy. And, and I'll, I'll just emphasize that with you. That's journey I've been on with my starting my own, my own coaching business, you have to ask, I don't know all the tech stuff. I don't know how to do a lot of what I need to do and I don't need to know. And that's probably a big piece of it. I don't need to know. No, no. And as, as nurturers, as helpers, as certainly with me as a, as a nurse and and you've shared your experience in being that first responders community as well. The fact that we love to help other people, we need to give that to others because people want to help us. Yes, that's it. Exactly. That is what I've totally learned. Yep. <laughs> people, we, we get off helping people. It means yes. something to us. We're not the only ones. There's yes. others out there that want to do the same thing. And we're taking away their joy and happiness of helping us because we exactly. don't ask for the help. Yes. Exactly. Yep. You get it. Good. <laughs> You're already leaning into that. Perfect. <laughs> It's taken me a while to say, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I'm 40. Let's see. Um, when this airs, I'll be 47. So <laughs> that was only a couple of years ago. It's taken me 45 years to ask mm-hmm. for assistance and stuff. But now I'm like never going back. Like that's my word forever. <laughs> it's like, pretty powerful. Yeah. It? It's like, yeah, I can spread the joy and ask. I love it when other people ask me. Mm-hmm. 
So why can't I do that? Um, totally, total different change of mindset, like you said. Yeah, that people want to help. So let's let them help. So Absolutely. is there anything, any little tips or any little thing that you would like to leave my listeners with today? So I think, as I've said before, you need to pay attention to the signs that are happening around you. You need to listen to the people that care about you because they're probably telling you that something's wrong. And for us to say, no, it's okay, I've got this. Don't worry, you know, no worries, I've got, you know, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. mm, really, yeah, the worst words. Be self-critical. Look at that and think, you know what, if this many people are telling me, if the people that I care about are trying to tell me something, it's time I listen because I'll be better for it. And, and do something, just do something. It doesn't matter who it is that you reach out to, as long as it's safe. Mm -hmm. um, but reach out. If you need it to be neutral, find, find an online coach. If you talk to your doctor, if you talk to, to a therapist, if you talk to your best friend who's got enough of a view of you that can be honest with you, whatever it is, reach out because you don't need to do it yourself. And in fact, you probably can't if you're at the stage of burnout. You need help. Definitely. Thank you. So I am going to put... Um, Kathleen's information down below in the show notes and you will be able to check out her website if you know anybody in the first responder community um, and nurses and nurses especially specifically because that is definitely going to be her forte <laughs> I would love it if you would send them to KathleenFairGlobal.com and uh, if you have a nurse in your life you know you know how stretched out they are and, and overwhelmed so I I really appreciate you taking your experience and looking at these other ways that you can help that community and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity Val this has been really great thank you so everyone thank you for joining us today I'd like you to continue to listen in the coming weeks as we jump into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.